This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello everyone. Takaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. 안녕하세요. Assalamu alaikum. And Kiora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz. Kia ora everyone, welcome to Connecting Cultures Features, a show by and about the multicultural people of Dunedin and New Zealand. So today we have Magdalene Huang a software engineer based in Auckland and she's also a very good friend of mine and um, this is just a chance for me to catch up with her and you can hear about all the cool things she does. Um, Hi Magdalene. Hello Arena. Thanks so much for being here today. No worries, thanks for having me. I'm very keen to have this cute little catch up with you. I know, how are you? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. So the last time we met was a year ago. Yep. How crazy is that? That was a year ago, man. <laughs> crazy, crazy. So many things have happened. I graduated from uni, started work, you got married. <laughs> That's just crazy. So many things change. And we were just recalling like before we started this interview of the last time we met, we were at Harry's Kitchen and we were having, I think it was like Korean food. <laughs> That's right. And we didn't know the future. We had no idea what was going to happen yeah. this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's mm. right. Yeah, so um, for those listening and really keen to know who you are, would you mind give them a introduction? Okay. So, so yep, as Serena mentioned, my name is Magdalene. I am currently working as a software engineer at a tech scale up in Auckland. Um, I graduated from uni last year. I graduated from the from the University of Otago, where I studied computer science and entrepreneurship. And so, yeah, it's my first year of working, and I moved up to Auckland for work. Do you miss the Neden? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not really, actually, but I, I would say it's a chapter done and dusted. Yeah, like, I had a great time in Dunedin, but I move on, you know, move on. To yeah, because Dunedin isn't home for you because you're actually based in Christchurch, eh? That's right. Mm. Yeah, Christchurch is more home for me. Mm. Um. So how is life? <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> it's so hard that we haven't catch up for like a year. Yeah. It's just like yeah. random story replies yeah. on Instagram. And now we're like sitting down. <laughs> Very disjointed. Um, overall, I would say 2022 has been a really good year for me. Ooh. It's been it's been such a different year compared to all the previous years when when I was in uni, and I actually really really enjoyed the working lifestyle because um, there's no assignments, no tests, no deadlines. You just go to work, and then once you're done with work, you can just do whatever you want to do, and then weekends are free for you. So yeah, I'm really enjoying working life. That's yeah, I know. It's like I will never ever be a student ever again. I think that's like something I tell myself, like, no, you know, remember how much you suffered. Um, (laughs) Well, I'm I'm glad that you you're loving your life right now. (laughs) There have been ups and downs though, Mm. but overall, it's been a pretty good year. Also, taking the time to like just 
um, explore Auckland, go on all these like walks, explore eateries, explore nature places, whatever. Yeah, just chilling. So, what's your favorite things to do in Auckland that you can share with us? Hmm, I like discovering new places, whether that be like restaurants or places like nature places. Mm. So I've got a list. I've got like a I've got like this map on Google Maps where I just created a bunch of places that I want to target and then once I'm done visiting that place I'll change it to another color to let me know that I'm done with that place. Oh yay. <laughs> and then it shows me all these little pins on Google Maps so I I know where I've been to and where I need to go to next. That's very organized as well. <laughs> <laughs> so the next time I'll be Auckland might ask you for some places to go. Yeah, sure, sure. Because if I go to Auckland, I'm usually just at CBD. I never oh. go anywhere oh, else. No. Yeah, oh, no. like that's the only Auckland I know, unfortunately. Mm. Should explore the nature side of Auckland. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I feel like Auckland is both like Auckland has a city life, and then Auckland also has the nature part. So it's very balanced. Yeah, that's the thing. I can't imagine the the nature side of Auckland because I've never been. Because <laughs> all I see is the city, and the city reminds me of KL. You know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about what you currently do. So this year is the first year you're a software engineer, and you mentioned mm-hmm. about working. Yeah. Um. So what is actually your job <laughs> what is my job very good question so um what i do as a okay so to be specific i'm a front-end software engineer uh so in software engineering there's usually this thing called front-end software engineering back-end software engineering and full stack so front-end is basically everything you see on the front like on, on the surface um so that can be like buttons links padding, margin, colors of the whole website. And then backend is the stuff behind the website, like the databases, um, how the yeah, how the app works. So those are the two different types of software engineering. And then full stack is both front end and back end combined. So yeah, what I'm working on is front end. So my overall day-to-day involves talking with designers, getting the designs that they've that they've made of certain features on the platform and then basically coding up the designs and then yeah thinking about stuff like accessibility um mobile responsiveness Mm. (laughs) am i am i going too deep into this no no i mean i mean i i want to learn from you and you're using really good words as well so it's good okay okay. yeah yeah yep so yeah usually people People always say that front end is just what you see on the surface, which makes it seem really, what's the word? Like, like really basic. It's just what you see on the surface. But actually, and that's also what I thought of front end before. Mm-hmm. But then now that I'm working in front end, I realize that there's actually so much more to front end than what you just see on the surface. So, yeah. So it's not it's just the things that's on the surface. There's more to it. Yeah, because it's it's not just the designs that you have to code up. You also need to think about the user flow like how the user is going to interact with this is this button accessible um how is the voice reader going to interact with the page is it going to read out this button um if there's an error on the page how is it going to let the user know that there's an error there is the page going to like shift up and then if somebody is using this on a mobile 
is this button going to be too big? Mm. Is the text going to be covered? And if the text is covered, then how can we make sure that it's still like visible? Yeah. How do we make sure the font size is accessible to users of all ages, especially older people? So, yeah, there's a lot of things to consider for front end. That's so cool. Do you think your degree prep you for the job? Okay, so I studied computer science, right? But basically what you study in computer science is really theoretical. Mm. So I would say a lot of what I learned in computer science was more to do with backend, like about algorithms, data structures, those kinds of things. So I didn't really learn too many stuff for front end. But then what my degree prepped me was obviously how to code, right? And that's what I'm doing my day job. Mm. So even though the languages and the technologies that I'm using for front end are different to what I learned in uni, it still gave me the foundations. So, yeah. And working in tech, like as a software engineer, means that you need to be constantly learning anyway. Yeah. So, it's never ending, eh? <laughs> never ending. And there's always new technologies coming up. That's so good to hear. Like, I'm just so happy for you. Even like, uh, even last year when you told us you'll be leaving to Auckland, it's like, oh my God, isn't that your dream to like go far away <laughs> from us? <laughs> Quite far. Auckland oh is far. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I just like change. I like to, I, I realized I had my like different stages of my life in different cities. Like my high school was in Christchurch and then my uni was in Dunedin and now I'm studying work in Auckland. So yeah, is it? I'll, does it also feel like you're compartmentalized those cities? Yeah, you know, that's that's a, that's a very good word. Yes, mm. yeah. Because when I'm in Christchurch, I still feel like oh, I'm back in my high school days, and then when I'm in Dunedin, I feel like I'm in my uni days. Um, yeah, yes. It just gives me those vibes now. <laughs> that's so interesting. It also comes with like, like you know, trauma as well yeah. <laughs> with. With the different cities of the things that you experienced yeah. during those times. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Uh, well, I'm glad that you're happy in Auckland. And, you know, this is a really good time for us to talk about mm-hmm. you. And, like, um, like yeah, now you're a software engineer, but um, there's so many things that happened to you before, um, yes. before that that we should actually share to people about. Okay. Um, so this show is... Connecting cultures. So we talk about cultural identity. Um, do you want to walk with us about your cultural identity and like what you identify as and places you call home? So yeah. Okay, well, where do I begin with this question? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so let's start with basics. Uh, I'm Malaysian. I was born in Malaysia. No, actually, to be specific, I'm Malaysian Chinese. So Malaysia has... Oh, should I get... <laughs> How detailed should I go here? Okay, so Malaysia um, has three main races, the Malays, Chinese, and Indians. And so I'm Chinese. And yeah, Malaysia is my home. And then when I was around like 15 months old, my whole family moved to the UK. And I lived in the UK for around four years. And then when I was around five, I moved back to Malaysia. And then I attended like this Chinese primary school here. And that's where I learned my Chinese because actually I speak in English at home to my parents. And then when I was 13, my family moved to New Zealand and I started high school in Christchurch. Mm. So you've experienced at least two or three culture shocks in your yeah, lifetime yeah, yeah. as a child. <laughs> 
That's right. Because actually, when I went to the UK, I I mean, I was too small. I was too young to get a culture shock, right? Mm-hmm. But then when I came back to Malaysia, even though I'm Malaysian Chinese, I got a culture shock when I went back to my own country. Mm. And my my parents told me that I lost my British accent within like two weeks of returning no! to <laughs> But you were five, I, though. You were I, absorbing I, everything. <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't really fit in um, to, my, in, to, my, to my primary school because, yeah, because it was a Chinese primary school. But then I was more comfortable speaking English because I spent like the last four years of my life in the UK and I speak in English at home. So, yeah, I kind of just hung up with the English speaking kids as well. Yeah. And then after that, when we moved to New Zealand, I thought I wouldn't get a culture shock because I'd already lived in like a Western country. But then I got a culture shock again. And this time I felt like I felt like I was so Asian in mm. New Zealand. Whereas before I felt like I was so white in Malaysia. Oh my god, that is so interesting, eh? Oh. Okay. Um so when you were in New Zealand at thirteen, did your whole family move here? Um, what was the reason for the migration? Ah, uh, what was the reason? I guess after we, after we had that experience in UK, we, we kind of always wanted to like experience living in a Western country again. Yeah. So we ended up choosing New Zealand because actually before the UK, my parents had done some research on New Zealand and we were gonna go to New Zealand, but then it ended up being UK. Um. So yeah, we just started to revisit that New Zealand idea. And we had quite a few friends who also went to New Zealand. So, yeah, that's why we chose New Zealand. So when you were in high school and you told me that you felt really Asian there, mm-hmm. what were the kinds of experience that made you feel that way? I guess I aware that I was so... Were there like, any other Asians there? Yeah. Uh, although I did go to a predominantly Pākehā school, though. Mm-hmm. So I went to Christchurch Girls High School. And so because I because I joined because I entered year nine like two or three weeks late, everybody already had their friends and then I kind of felt like I kind of felt like I was an international student joining the school, even mm. though I was technically a domestic student. And I just kind of felt like because I feel like um kids in New Zealand are very used to like seeing international students um join the class. Yep. So I kind of felt like kids just saw me as yet another international student who's just joining our class and maybe she can't really speak English maybe I shouldn't maybe maybe I can't really like speak to her either that sort of vibe and maybe there's no point being friends with her yeah, because yeah, she's gonna yeah, go yeah. away so yeah I did find it quite hard to fit in as well during the first few years of high school and at what point did you about like that you're different and it's okay did it take a long time yeah it- I mean, it's still an evolving journey up till now, you know. But I feel like as it's as you grow older, you start to really embrace your cultural identity. And I think one thing that really helped me in high school was K-pop and K-dramas. Because you know how I said that I felt really Asian in school? It kind of seemed like being Asian wasn't cool. But then discovering like K-pop, K-dramas, all that kind of stuff, I felt like those people were so cool, and it kind of it kind of justified the fact that hey, actually Asians can be cool too. You know? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, and then, and suddenly, then... everyone thinks 
Asian, like being Asian is cool because of oh, like the pop culture, eh? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then to go even more in depth into this whole cultural identity thing, I used to think actually being Korean is cool, but being Chinese is not cool. No, <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> but then you know, the the older I grow up and the more I start to like reflect on my own cultural identity and talk to other people going through the same thing. I realized that, hey, you know what? No matter what you are, that's cool. You yeah. Know, like, just embrace it. Just There's a reason why you're born into this culture. And there's always beauty in everything. It's just up to you to find it. So, yeah, now I'm a very proud Malaysian Chinese. You know, you know like, I, I love that we're having this conversation. We're just thinking about our younger selves and the mm-hmm. way they think. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have think those things as well mm-hmm. like um you know like um i wish i was more kiwi than i was malay mm-hmm. and be- because i actually studied here since i was young but i may have lost my kiwi accent along the way um yeah. like trying to hide my malaysian self because i thought that you know in order to fit in in new zealand i had to be more kiwi yeah. um and, and it's so interesting when you mentioned that you know you thought koreans were cooler than Chinese um, but yeah. if you ask a Korean they're gonna say something completely different yeah you know I had I had this exact conversation with um, with with one of my Korean friends and how I told him that you know what I used to think that being Korean was so cool because of K-pop and K-dramas and a lot of kind of jazz and then he was like wow I never knew that because I always felt really really embarrassed with being Korean you know and so it's like it's like, um, how do I put it? Every, every, no, all these thoughts are so universal, and everybody just thinks the same thing about their own cultural identity. It's it's like the grass is green on the other side, kind yeah. of. Kind of yes, because there's so many things about other people's cultures that mm-hmm. we don't know, mm-hmm. and there are so many other cool stuff about our culture that we probably didn't um realize you know that we don't probably talk about yeah wow okay (laughs) i love where this this conversation is going um okay so magdalene high school self um what were the besides k-dramas and (laughs) (laughs) k-pop and it's also like same you know i i also indulge in k-drama and k-pop what other things do you do when you're at school to help you with your personal journey of accepting yourself? Oh, beyond culture? Yeah, oh. maybe. One thing that I found great comfort in during high school was music. Mm. So, yeah, I've always liked music. My parents are one of those typical Asian parents that sent me for like piano, <laughs> violin, ballet classes when I was young. Yeah. And I actually did not really enjoy them back then. So I didn't I found it to be a chore, you know, like practicing the piano, playing the violin. But then when I moved to New Zealand, um my parents stopped sending me for classes because it was really expensive in New Zealand. And I also didn't have a piano at home anymore. And then suddenly with with all these things taken away from me, like classes, p- even the actual piano itself, I started to appreciate it more. So whenever I saw a piano at school, I would just start playing on the piano. And every single time after school, I would also like hide myself in the music room and like play on the piano. And through this, I discovered my passion for piano. Mm. And every time when I was feeling sad, 
as soon as I started playing on the piano, I would just forget about all my worries and just indulge myself in the beautiful sounds. Aww. Of the piano. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so cheesy. No, but it's not. Yeah. So did you tell your parents you want to continue playing piano? Uh, like continue going for classes? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, by that because I I stopped at grade five, so by that point in time, like I I already had the skills to like play the piano on my own, and I didn't really want to go through the whole process of like you know sitting for exams, yeah, all the kind of things. So yeah, I just saw piano as like a hobby for me, as an outlet for me to express myself, just literally. Are you still playing it now? Uh yes, still playing. It now. Yeah, regularly uh, play the piano in church. That's so good. I mean, the fact that you found comfort in something to do that would help you with, you know, every day. Hmm. Um, okay, so that's you in Christchurch. Did anything change when you came to Dunedin for studies? <laughs> I think I became... I think I became more open and more social and more experimentative when I went to university. Hmm. And I guess that's normal because people always have these kinds of transitions when they when they start university. Because for me, back when I was in high school, I was a really I was a really, really shy and introverted kid. And I mean I'm still an introvert, but I was a lot more introverted back when I was in high school. And then when I went to university I told myself that if I if I remain this introverted, I'm probably not going to be able to make as many friends. I'm probably not going to be able to have as many new experiences. So I thought, why not just just try to be more open, like try to try to talk to people more. And even if people don't talk to you first, like just start the conversation with them. So yeah, kind of learned. I kind of learned, you know, brushed up on my social skills in university. Mm. You also joined. Um... The Otago Malaysian Students Association theater, mm-hmm. right? Can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, so that was in my second year, so 2019. I joined Malam Malaysia, which is the annual production that the Malaysian Students Associ- Association has. And what it is, is, yeah, it's, it's like whole production. So there's acting, there's singing, there's um, a band, there's dancing, there's lighting, all, all kinds of arts things. You just merge it together and you create the production. And I was part of the Chinese dance and also modern dance, I think. No, no, Chinese and contemporary dance. Mm. And then I was also the promotional director. So my role as the promotional director was to oversee the whole filming and design crew. So that involved designing the t-shirt designing the tickets the posters making the trailer you know all the kind of stuff do you think that that helped you with your acceptance to your cultural identity that's an interesting question that's an interesting <laughs> i kind of felt a little bit out of place Ooh, why is that that's the opinion here i mean overall it was a really really fun experience but um a lot of, I guess, because majority of the people who joined the who joined the event, they were 
Most of them were Malaysians that had went to high school in Malaysia. I didn't feel like they were like completely on the same page. Yeah, I felt they were obviously more authentic than me, right? Because I mean, I left Malaysia when I was twelve, so yeah, it it just it made me um learn about Malaysia from their perspective and learn about New Zealand from their perspective, and we had, I I could tell that we were on different wavelengths. Hmm. You know how I would describe this. I'm not sure if you've heard of me describe um those kinds of experience, right? Um, you have a different tinted colored glass, meaning oh, you yeah. had a New Zealand glass on top of your Malaysian glass. So if it's blue and red, it means you're seeing through a purple lens, and they're seeing through probably red. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I would understand the situation um because i do i still feel that way um even though like even though i was in new zealand when i was young but i went to high school in malaysia but i still feel like there are parts of my life that i feel quite dissociated Mm -hmm. from like the pop culture there you know the, the some cultural things i don't really understand why they do it you know um so yeah like i'm Really happy you. I'm happy you're open about that experience because I think a lot of people experience that. Um, you know, you wish that you could fit in even to your own people, but it's different. Hmm. Completely, completely. I feel like everybody, everybody goes through all these different experiences, which you can consider as colors. And when you combine all these colors together, everybody gets a different overall color. Yeah. And that affects the way that we see things. So, yeah, very good analogy. Yeah, and um, those colors are basically just cultural experiences, yeah. you know? Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for sharing all that. Um, so I do want us to have a break. And I don't know, um, since you mentioned K-pop, you might want to share like <laughs> one of your favorite K-pop music with us today. Oh, yes. Uh. The songs that I prepared, actually, none of them were Korean. <laughs> wow, that that's funny. I did not realize that. <laughs> yeah, I know because I feel like people, I feel like K-pop is quite a popular genre to share. So I thought, you know what? Why don't I like share something different? Yeah, you could but share I'm, something I'm different. Some... Okay. Hmm. Uh, okay, I'll I'll go with the three songs that I that I thought of. Yeah. Um. Okay, this is a Filipino song. Mm. It's called Pano by Zach Tabudlo. All right. We'll be right back after the song break. Manit na tulad mo Alam kong sanay bumitaw 
Nasadya mo ba ang lahat? Patrip mo lang ba ako sa tan? Pagkapos kong ibigay, balikat ko pag-ikay Umiiyak, ano bang tingin mo sa akin? Isa ba on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. I'm Arina and you're here for Connecting Cultures Features, a show by, for and about the multicultural people of Dunedin and New Zealand. I'm here with Magdalene Huang, my very good friend. Uh, so, hi Magdalene, welcome back. Thank you. Hello again, listeners. Yay! Um, do you want to share with us why you chose that song? It was really good, by the way. Thank you. So... The thing about me and songs is that I, I I like a song for its melody, for its tune. And I'm not really one of those people that analyzes the lyrics of a song, even if it's in English, because most of the time I, I can't I can't really I can't really um follow <laughs> what the song like what the singer is saying and what more if it's in another language, right? So yeah, I basically choose songs for the melody. And the reason why I chose this song, Pano, is because I think the melody is just so beautiful. Like, the chord choices, the bass, 
beautiful. Yeah, and speaking as someone who actually learns music and knows music, like you know, yeah. mm. I think my musical background might be a reason for why I appreciate like the musical side of songs more than like the, the lyrics words. of it. Yeah, maybe if I maybe if I studied linguistics or if I had a deep passion for languages, then I would actually like fully analyze the meaning of a song. Yeah, so words aren't your thing. It's the music. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I, mean, I do like I do like words, but mm. if you were to compare words and the melody of a song, I'd I'd always choose the melody of the song. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the song, and I think we'll have time for another one later today. Mm-hmm. Um. So I do want us to talk about your professional journey. So you're now a software engineer. Um, so what led you to this role, I guess? <laughs> like, have you always been passionate about tech? Oh, that's a good question. So I guess when I was when I was younger, I didn't really know what I wanted to be. I, you know, actually, it's called like a bio data book. No. <laughs> it's, really, it's really popular in Malaysian schools where kids hand around their... their oh, bio data book. Yeah. So yeah. like... Everyone asks for their classmates, like, basically yes. details. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then especially when you graduate from primary school, like, every literally everybody is, like, exchanging their biodata books. And you just write down everybody's details and blah, blah. And so one of the sections in this biodata book is your ambitions. And so I remember that the ambitions I would always write down were, like, lawyer... Um, wow. doctor <laughs> uh, all, all those kinds of like stereotypical ambitions yeah. and it's not because I actually had a passion for those but I think it's because of my cultural upbringing and like what society tells you you should be what my family tells me that I should be and that's why I wrote those those um, career choices but then as I grew older as I grew older and I discovered more careers, I realized that there's actually so much more to life than just these careers. Yeah. <laughs> so when I when I entered year eleven, I you know actually year eleven to year thirteen, I kept my options pretty open. So I was doing like mainly all the sciences and all the maths and accounting because I wasn't sure what I would do at university. Um, basically, yeah. As a as a little tip, by the way, if if you are trying to decide on your options for university, you can never go wrong with doing like three sciences and maths because let's say if you want to do um, health sciences, you do something in healthcare or if you want to go into engineering, all these, like these are mainly the subjects that will prepare you for those fields. Yeah, I can only speak to like the healthcare and engineering fields though. Can't mm-hmm. really speak to the arts fields. Yeah. So when you came to Otago what course were you enrolled in? Yeah, so when I entered um, university, I enrolled into health sciences first year. So that was 2018. I did health sciences. Um, it, was, it was a very, very interesting experience. Um, it was very, very different to what I'd experienced in high school. And even though I enjoyed what we were learning, I couldn't see myself just doing that for more years and for like, for like my whole degree, learning all these sciences. And I started to consider more about what I would like to spend my days doing in my in my actual career. 
And I asked myself, am I actually even suitable to be a health professional, right? Like, do I, do I really want to be working with people all day long? Um, yeah, there's just so many things to think about. And so after I finished that year, I decided to look, I decided to revisit other career options that I'd considered before. For example, one of them was engineering. Mm. And so out of engineering, I I wasn't sure which field of engineering to choose either. So I did a few tests to try and figure out which field of engineering would be more suitable for me. And somehow they always kind of pointed me to electrical um, software, mechatronics, that kind of stuff. And so I thought, okay, this might be a sign. And out of all the fields, um, software engineering seemed to intrigue me the most because I was watching a lot of uh, day in the life of a software engineer videos, Ooh. especially those female software engineers. And I, yeah, I really liked what I was seeing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah working at all those tech companies, all the perks, um, the fact that you basically just spend the whole day coding and you can, like coding is a, is a means to solve problems. So all those stuff just really intrigued me and I decided to do more research into the career field and ultimately, I ended up choosing computer science for my second degree. I mean, for my second year. Ah, so you did change your degree, basically. Yeah. And- so I changed from yeah. So I changed from health sciences in my first year to computer science and entrepreneurship in my second year. And yeah, that's pretty much what I graduated with. Mm. And how does it make you feel doing that change? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like. A whole new world opened to me, to be honest. Mm. Because before that, I'd only a career path. I'd never, no, I'd only, yeah, I'd only seen healthcare and engineering as a career path. But I chose healthcare first, right, in my in my first year. So, in my second year, when I when I started computer science and entrepreneurship, and I started immersing myself into it by joining competitions and clubs, I realized that there was a world that I didn't know that existed before. And I was able to experience all these opportunities, meet all these people. And it just, I would say it kind of broadened my horizons. I think this is a really inspiring story for listeners out there as well, especially those young and trying to choose what pathways to go to. Um, I changed my major as well during my first year. Like I did anatomy thinking that I want to be an anatomist or like go towards like science. Um, then I changed to psychology and gender studies and which is a more like social theory, 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 theoretical. <laughs> I can't pronounce that word. Um, way like I, I think. these changes happen a lot to people and I think um, of course it's scary to change your pathways I was so scared to tell my parents because yeah I'm an international student and like to tell my parents about gender studies was like really hard for them to understand like oh because gender studies in Malay is like jantina you know and it's like that's not like a thing in Malaysia where people study about genders yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's no room for debate about gender. It's one thing or the other, oh, you know? Right. Yeah, so why would you study gender studies, you know? Because, you know, in New Zealand, it's very, um, you know, it's very progressive. There's so many um, things I learned here. 
Um, yeah. So were your parents okay with the change? Just <laughs> just want to understand, like, because we're both in the Asian family dynamic. They were actually very supportive of my change. That's good. Um, in fact, in fact, my dad is the one who suggested computer science to me. Wow. Because uh, he was initially going to do like a master's in computer science back when he was like in university. So yeah, he has had some experience with it. And likewise, my mother also had a few friends who studied computer science. I've got a few relatives who, who did computer science as well. Mm. So it wasn't entirely foreign in my circle, but it was foreign to me because I hadn't done anything like coding or digital technologies back when I was in high school. So yeah, mm. it was very, very new to me, but I was also like, very excited at the prospect of learning about something new because obviously it's a huge change to healthcare and what I'd learned. Yeah. And just now you mentioned about being inspired by all these stay in a life as a software engineer videos. Oh, and so ironic, you're the one doing those videos now. <laughs> You have a YouTube channel and you're doing so well on it as well and you post vlogs and I am one of your biggest fans on Instagram. I have to tell you that. <laughs> like every time you post a vlog, like, oh my god, Magdalene, you vlog because you, like how you edit your videos is like so aesthetic and it fits my aesthetic as well. Like, oh my god, it's so cool. Um, So tell us, Magdalene. How are you doing with your YouTube channel career? <laughs> to be frank, it's not going well at the moment. <laughs> I'm being brutally honest here. Okay. It's not going very well. So yeah, I started content creation last year. Um, actually, most of the videos that I made on YouTube were made last year. I actually haven't made a single YouTube video this year. And... Yeah, so what I the videos that I made, yeah, why did I start content creation? I started content creation because I wanted to share about my journey as a woman in tech. And I felt like there weren't enough um there weren't enough females in New Zealand who were sharing about their about their journey in tech, especially on social media. And if you want to inspire more girls, especially like the younger generation to get into tech, well, we need to do it through a way that engages with them, right? And I'm also really into like film and editing. So it kind of made sense for me to start making content. So yeah, my plan this year was to kind of document my first year of working as a software engineer, but that has not been going very well mm. because I don't know, I, I guess I kind of, my, my perception towards, social, no, towards content creation kind of shifted this year. And to be honest, making videos on YouTube does take up a lot of time. Mm. I've been spending a lot of my time just working on working on myself, like exploring Auckland, catching up with friends, working on my fitness journey. I, I started going to the gym this year. And before that, I was not a fitness girl at all. So, yeah, I've just taken a step from like hustling, like continuously hustling on side projects and just learn to improve all these other like aspects of my life. But what I have been making a lot of, though, is reels. So I've been making a lot of reels on Instagram and TikTok um, to like document all the places that I visit in Auckland. Yeah, just lifestyle stuff. And it's been going very well. I've also made quite a few reels on my on my journey as a software engineer though. Mm, because yeah. reels do take a lot shorter to make. 
I think the reels were the ones that I saw and um, you're doing really well on it as well. And I think what we should share here is that, you know, life, it just changes you and yeah, there does. will be different priorities and different phases yeah. of your life. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, like my plans last year for this year obviously didn't work out like me me making videos about my first like me making youtube videos to be specific about my about my first year of work because i realized that it's just it just takes so much time to just sit down and edit one whole youtube video um but i have found other other mediums to document my first year of working though so i actually made a i coded up a blog a few months ago and i call it my digital garden and basically what I share on my digital garden are what I've learned as a software engineer in my first year. I share about the technologies that I've used, um, any tips and tricks. And that's been going pretty well so far. And I'm just like this. I realized that this whole content creation thing is an evolving journey. So mm-hmm. even though I started off doing um, videos on YouTube, I realized that I actually also really enjoy writing and I'm having a lot of fun expressing my thoughts and sharing my journey as a woman in tech through writing as well so it's not to say that it's not to say that i'm never ever going to make another youtube video but it's more of like what do i feel like doing right now like how do i feel like expressing my thoughts at this life yeah i'm just learning to be um to accept and to be kind to myself instead of forcing myself to meet all these goals that i used to set in the past I love this. And this goes really well with the segue of taking care of your mental health and well-being. Um, You know, last year, I think I had a really bad burnout. I felt like I was doing so many things at once. You know, I think you would understand this as well, because I think there are things that I shared with you and the things I saw that you experienced, too, that, you know, were quite similar to what I did. Um, you know, you just feel like you need to do the next thing, the next big thing, right? You need to do everything at once. Um, now, sometimes I don't even post anything on social media, you know? I know this. Yeah. yeah. And it feels good to do for me to realize that I'm doing this for myself and not for people to see or people to congratulate or, you know, things like that. Um, but how are you doing in terms of your well-being? Um, you know, th- there must be a lot of changes since last yeah. year. My well-being is pretty good this year. And I think that's also because I've put in the effort to like slow down and really just live life. I think if I had to use one phrase to describe 2022, that would just be living life. Wow. <laughs> because I think in my university years, I was always like, I was always like a hustler. I was always trying to decide, okay, what's the next big project to work on? I'm going to join this club. I'm going to apply for that position. I'm going to start content creation. I'm going to do this, do that, apply for blah, blah, blah. And I realized that when I graduated, there were so many places in Dunedin that I didn't even visit. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Because I wanted to go to this place called Pineapple Track in Dunedin. And I, I even like, I talked about it so many times with my friends. I was like, let's go to Pineapple Track. But then on the day that I graduated, I realized I haven't even been to Pineapple Track. So that's just an example. And I realized that I was letting all these 
opportunities of just living life and just being a just being a normal regular human being living life i just let all these opportunities pass me by so that's why i thought you know what when i start this new phase of my life as a working professional in auckland i've moved to a new city um so i really want to immerse myself in the city and like experience all the things that the city has to offer so yeah this it's kind of like a lifestyle mindset shift yeah no i love yeah. this yeah i think this year for me has been like quite slow and like not loud because I, mm-hmm. I think yeah. last year i think when um you know because i see myself as an advocate when there yeah. is an issue going on i feel like i have to speak up about it yeah. i always need to look out what's happening around the world um any events that's happening like i feel like i have to be there um mm-hmm. because i need to know what's going on but then i realized i don't need to know everything <laughs> You're just a human being, you know. Yeah, I I love when you said that. You know, just be a regular human being. Yeah. You don't need to be doing all these things again. Um, you know, especially when we're young and we feel like we have to put ourselves out there. Sometimes it's just okay to settle <laughs> with what you have. Yeah. Hmm. I think I think the most important thing is obviously to prioritize your mental health and your well being not just mental health, like physical health as well. And so that's what I've been doing with like my whole gymming thing. Mm. I'm so proud of you. Mm. When you take care of your well-being, all the like all these other aspects of your life also benefit from it. Exactly. Mm. One last question before we, you know, say goodbye to you today. Um, what are you looking forward to? can be tomorrow it can be next year next month but you know anything that you're like excited for in the next couple of days weeks or months oh what am i looking forward to oh okay so back to the fitness thing i'm actually going to be going for my first ever pilates class (gasps) in a few weeks and i'm really looking forward to that i'm actually going to be doing it It's, it's organized by this um by this group called Sisterhood ANZ. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. No. So one of my good friends, Bisma, actually started this Sisterhood ANZ group. And it's basically a group for females across New Zealand and Australia to just make friends with each other. It's a very wholesome, very chill. And and they organize like lots of events like these. That's so they good. They only had a Bridgerton ball. Oh, wow. And they're going to be having it in quite a few cities. So yes, join Sisterhood ANZ. Oh. Not a plug. I'm, I'm not affiliated in any way i'm just a member <laughs> but i think it's a really great initiative uh, that sounds really cool i'll, I'll look it up hmm. oh yeah. thank you magdalene for today um i'm really happy that i got to catch up with you i feel like you know there's been so many things happening i don't i wasn't sure how much we don't know about each other <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, I got married. You know, that was a few months ago. Uh, it, was, it was four months ago, actually. And, yeah. like, yeah, like I didn't, I didn't realize that I changed as well. Like, so many things happened to me. Mm. Yeah, this was a really nice and wholesome catch-up, actually. Yeah. We should have one in person. Yes. <laughs> Whatever that may be. Maybe in Auckland. Maybe. Maybe. Auckland. Yeah, I travel a lot. So, probably, like, I go to you more than you come down here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, more reason yes more reason to find Magdalene and you know do all the things in her uh, map 
uh-huh. tabs. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have time for one last song. Do you want to share with us another song that you prepared for us? Yep. So this song is, it's a Chinese song, actually. Ooh. It's called, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, there's an English name called Gulf of Alaska. But the Chinese name is Alaska Haiwan. Okay, so what's interesting about this song is that even though it's a Chinese song, it was actually written by a by a uh, Malaysian Malay Ooh. who actually went to, he, I think he went to a Chinese primary and also a Chinese secondary school. So yeah, it wasn't written by a native Chinese speaker, but it's such an amazing song. And even like my my native, um, my Chinese friends, they tell me, are you sure this song was written by a non-native Chinese speaker? Because the lyrics were written so beautifully. So it, it, it sounds like it has to be written by a native Chinese speaker, but no, it actually wasn't. And this song was also very, very popular in China. Mm, wow. I feel, I feel like that's incredible because can you imagine this? Like a Chinese song written by a Malaysian Malay is trending. It's like viral in, in China. That's like so cool. National pride, man. Yeah, that is so cool. Like being, I'm just proud of Malaysians in general now. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that song for us today. Um, so we'll play it after the show. And I wish you all the best in your couple of weeks and months and years. And we'll talk again next year. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Ariel. Uh, I look forward to us catching up person. I'm wishing you all the best as well. Mm, thank you. We'll see you again. Yeah.
是你要好好照顾他。我不在他身旁，你不能欺负他。别再让人走进他心里，最后却用离开他。因为我不愿再看他脸。希望我的努力能够赶上他。有天我能给他完整的一个家。可若你安排了别人给他，我会祝福他。上天，你别管我，先让他幸福吧。上天啊，这些晚上我对你说的话，你别不小心漏嘴告诉他，我怕会吵醒他。上天啊，你千万不要偷偷告诉他，在无数夜深人静的夜晚，我依旧在。想他。Thanks for listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. This podcast was produced by RFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.